Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I'm your host, Caleb Franz. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. This week, we are going to be discussing um, something that really we haven't discussed in quite some time with everything that's been going on and with all the interviews that we've been having, all the subjects that we've been touching on. Um, But this, I think, is increasingly relevant. The news cycle has been absolutely chaotic uh, within the past just week since we have... Um, since we have last uh, met with each other on this program, um, and there have been nothing but just court decision after court decision, and there has been nothing but just breaking news after breaking news. But there is something that I really want to touch on um, specifically that is really close to to my heart in the sense of... Um, in the sense of it, it really sh- kind of shapes who I am, and uh, and and I it's it's really a, a tragedy to see this going the wrong direction. I believe, um, and basically, if you obviously if you've read the title of this program, it's it's entitled "The Conservative Struggle Between Law and Liberty." And what that means is that um, conservatives typically will have a you know, have a have a great talking point, um, or or have this great speech or this great news segment about how the government is violating our liberties and how they're taking away our, our rights, especially especially when it comes to the Second Amendment, um, and how all of these things are are just so you know so important that we resist the government. So that way we can preserve our liberty in the fashion that the founding fathers would have absolutely supported. And I agree with that. I completely agree with that. But here's the problem. And this is a problem. Why you know? Why am I talking about this? This is a libertarian show. Why am I talking about uh, conservative drama or, or, or conservative inconsistencies? Because... The, the goal of, of this program, and my goal, is not to advance the cause of libertarianism. That is a byproduct. Libertarianism is a vehicle. It is what I believe uh, best encompasses the ideas of liberty. But libertarianism in and of itself is not the end goal. Liberty is. Those are two very separate, separate things. Liberty is the state of being free, while, while libertarianism is the philosophy behind freedom. And while it would be wonderful if everyone in the world were libertarians, trust me, I, would, I, I, want, nothing, uh, I want nothing less than that. There, you know, the, the idea of having a world full of libertarians is just wonderful to me. However, there are great strides that we as libertarians can make if we reach out to the liberty instincts within both liberals and conservatives. And conservatives, um, while liberal and the very essence of the word liberal implies liberty, that, that obviously is not necessarily the case. Conservatives are the ones who are much more uh, prone to these ideas, or at least has a wider base of people who are much more prone to these ideas, even if conservatism itself is not. 
And this is really important because uh, conservatism and libertarianism has a very interesting and distinct relationship in the way that libertarianism and liberalism uh, modernly, uh, li uh, liberalism, sort of, uh, uh, the new liberalism that, uh, that has, uh, encompassed us here in America, um, and not the, not the classical liberalism that, that's across, you know, the rest of the world, that's just libertarianism, that's, it's a very redundant statement to say libertarianism and liberalism, um, but conservatives, uh, conservatism and libertarianism here in America has a very distinct uh, history together. And while uh, there have been certainly differences, obviously, there are two separate ideologies. As of late, the two ideologies have been growing increasingly separate. And that is dangerous for liberty. That's dangerous for everyone. I don't care if you are a conservative I don't care if you are a libertarian. I don't care what your ideology is. I don't care if you're an ANCAP. I don't care if you're a minarchist. I don't care if you're a conservatarian. Um, that should worry you because that is more dangerous to the cause of liberty, which is what we should be striving for. Ronald Reagan said that the heart and soul of conservatism is libertarianism. That is true in the day and age of Ronald Reagan, I believe. I believe that both conservatism and libertarianism has a very rich history together of being pro-small government. Um, and there are a few differences in the means of, you know, where does the government begin to intervene, um, especially in areas such as foreign policy um, and especially in areas of just uh, I, I think there might be some key differences in federalism issues. Um, I think there's probably some key differences in where that actually begins, where the government actually begins to, to take charge. The, the sort of idea that uh, no uh, market intervention versus very minimal market intervention. But by and large, um, both conservatism and libertarianism says limit the government, in, uh, in America, they say follow the Constitution, um, while conservatism, it's more of that's the end, whereas whereas uh, with libertarianism, it's more that's the means to the end. However, uh, both say that. That has not been the case as of late, especially in the age of Trump. It, it started really... It started really being uh, corrupted uh, uh, during the, the Bush era, um, where big government conservatism really started taking a hold, and the idea that conservatism is about getting into people's bedrooms, into people's personal lives, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, they're anti-immigrant, um, anti-trade, uh, there's, you know, the, the conservative idea that we can do government better than the liberals, not we can do government less than the liberals. And that is a fundamental difference. This is in, in incredibly important because as of late, as you have most likely seen, um, there's been a lot of discussion on immigration uh, and there's been a lot of discussion on the border. Uh, and I think that is an important topic, an important conversation. We've already done an episode on that, however. We've al I've already hashed out all the details that I, I feel 
um, that is important when it comes to immigration. We haven't talked about the the uh, child separation issue in and of itself. We haven't we haven't touched on that topic um, really, but we have talked about immigration, and I don't want to rehash that as much as I want to talk about the sort of conservative hypocrisy when it comes to uh, liberty versus the rule of law. That's a very common phrase uh, among conservative circles. You'll see Donald Trump tweeting about it like virtually every other day, that we have to uphold the rule of law. We have to be tough on crime. We have to be tough on immigration. The rule of law is the end all be all. And it astonishes me that they actually justify it by saying that is how we preserve our country, that's how we preserve our freedoms, when nothing further from the truth is the actual case. The rule of law is, is, is more of a means, uh, much like the Constitution, is more of a means of preserving liberty, not the end itself. Whenever the rule of law begins to become oppressive, the rule of law in Nazi Germany is not the same thing as the rule of law in America. The rule of law in Nazi Germany was that Jews have to be gassed. Now, if you are just following the rule of law argument, then if you aren't Jewish, then you have nothing to worry about. But if you're following the liberty argument, you would say that government has no right to murder 6 million Jews. Now, obviously, that is the extreme case, and and you cannot compare, and I'm not comparing, um, what occurred in Nazi Germany to what is going on currently on our border. But it is an important distinction to make because if you are just using the rule of law as your end-all be-all, then you can justify absolutely anything that the government does. You can Let's use a less extreme case. Martin Luther King was thrown in jail, in a Birmingham jail. If he just followed the rule of law, then he wouldn't have been thrown into jail. But the problem is, is that he was being deprived of liberty. And the ironic thing is, is that conservatives understand this whenever it comes to, they're very selective about it. They understand it whenever it comes to um, guns. How many times have you heard a conservative say, they can pry it from my cold, dead hands? I support that. I agree with it. If I will stand by my conservative brethren whenever the government starts coming for our guns, and I will be right there with them on the front lines fighting back. I have no problem saying that. I have no problem uh, partnering with someone like that. But the problem is, is that they seem to not understand how, how the government plans on taking away the guns. It, it runs completely in opposition to something else like uh, backing the blue, like police, uh, you know, backing uh, police support. Now, while I don't think that uh, all cops are racist the way that the left tends to, to make it seem, um, I do think that police has an authority uh, complex and that if anyone is going to come grab your guns and start taking your guns away, that is who it's going to be. It's not going to be the Department of Homeland Security. It's it's not going to be one of these faceless government agencies. It's going to be the local, uh, the local police officer or, or maybe the state police officers, but it's going to be the blue. 
It's not going to be just some faceless government agency. And there is the problem. If you want to back uh, police in a general sense, that's that's fine. You know, that's that's I I disagree, but I that's fine. But you have to not get into the mode of being uh, authority, uh, excuse me, authority worshiping when it comes to police, when it comes to um, military, when it comes to the, the group of government that you approve of. And this is where conservatives really, I think, have lost sight in where their arguments lie. Whereas with libertarians, their arguments, it's very clear, they lie in liberty. Most of the time, conservatism lies in the Constitution, which is good. I, I want them to be constitutionalists. I want them to be uh, liberty-loving constitutionalists who will defend the Constitution, who will, um, who will uphold the Constitution, who will defend the Bill of Rights. I want that. However, the Constitution is also a means. Just because the Constitution allows a certain government agency, just because the const like the post office, for example, just because it may be, quote, constitutional, doesn't mean that it is effective, doesn't mean that it is uh, a, a proper role of the government. The Constitution is not what, uh, first of all, it's not what even all the Founding Fathers wanted. They thought that about a good half of them thought that the Constitution was too much government um, intrusion and too much government power, concentration of power. But in today's day and age, that was a, you know, that, that would be a ridiculous argument to say that going back to the Constitution is too much government power because of how quickly we have grown um, in our power, uh, the, the United States government, that is. But when it comes to immigration, for example, conservatives understand this when it comes to gun control. You know, they will not abide by the law when it comes to turning in their guns, if the government says so. They understand. They understood this when it came to Obamacare. Whenever they were like, "You need to, um, they, you need to uh, sign up for this," and there were thousands of conservatives who said, "No." I'm not doing this. I am not. I am. I'm not losing my conscience over this. I. I am resisting. I am. I am putting up a resistance against the government. Before the left corrupted the word resistance, that was a very common conservative term. Um. But when it comes to immigration, when it comes to police, when it comes to um, drugs. And, and the war on drugs and criminal justice, these are all issues where they completely flip over and do, they just do not see the irony in what it is that they are saying. What it is that they are saying is, get to the back of the line, in, in, in reference to immigration, get to the back of the line. They're saying, um, if you just came here legally, then it wouldn't have been a problem. Or if, if you just did like what my ancestors did, then it wouldn't have been a problem. And that is, first of all, it's it completely, you know, it's, it's somewhat ignorant because it assumes that the immigration process today is 
just like what the immigration process was at Ellis Island, which Ellis Island was practically open borders. Um, there, there was no, it, it was not like it is today. Today it is much, much more strict. And I would argue that because of how strict the immigration system is, that is what is leading to the crisis that we are having at the border. Um, I think open uh, open borders in a true sense, not, not no borders, not erase the border, but have the border, but treat it just like states, treat it just like state lines. We don't look at state lines and say, you know, uh, don't cross this state line illegally. If, if you are crossing the state line, you're doing so illegally. If, if you haven't, uh, if you don't have the proper paperwork or something like that, we would look at that and say, that is absolutely ridiculous. You cannot limit or restrict people's freedom of movement just because I happen to live in Ohio and I'm trying to go across the uh, across the border to Pennsylvania or West Virginia or Kentucky or Michigan. That's ridiculous. That is limiting my freedom of movement. But aside from the freedom of movement uh, argument, all you ever hear is that they, they need to do things legally, they need to you need to enforce the rule of law enforce the rule of law the problem is is that that limits in the current setting of the rule of law it limits individual liberty especially for people who are not crossing the border Ill illegally because they are part of the drug cartel Especially for people who cross the border illegally, not because that they want welfare. Who crosses, who risks everything, life and limb, just to get on American welfare? That is an absolutely absurd statement. Nobody is going to cross the border at the border now they like most immigration uh they just fly over here and then they overstay their visas that's that's what most illegal immigration is so a wall will virtually do nothing except it will uh limit the and and restrict people who are trying to come over here not because they want a free ride or not because they're part of a gang but because they're trying to escape something terrible either the cartel in mexico or even further down south where it gets even worse in in central america that is what it is that they're trying to escape that's why they're bringing their kids over. I've, I've heard so many people say, you know, you know this is going to happen, so why are you bringing your kids over? I, you know, we should be putting the responsibility on the parents for bringing their kids over with them. You know, I don't feel bad for, for separating their kids because they knew this was going to happen. Well, gee, I wonder why. If they knew that this was going to happen and they said, you know what, that's a risk I'm willing to take, what kind of a life are they fleeing? What kind of a life are they fleeing? A lot of people, and I will give some people on the right credit for this, have, have made the case for compassion um, uh, when it comes to separating families. And I think that is appropriate. I, I want that to be the case to be made. But further than that, the government has no right to separate you from your family if you have not done anything violent. If you have not either 
hurt someone or taken their stuff, the government has no right to separate you from your family. That is your liberty. That is depriving you of your liberty, of your inalienable rights, because immigrants have just as many rights as Americans. If they are on U.S. soil, the government must, must protect their rights. We had an episode about this last year. I'm not going to go into it and, and rehash it that much, but... The Constitution is very clear about this, and just the natural common sense rule of, or a, 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 a natural law argument that your rights, if they do come from nature and nature is God, that means the government cannot deprive them from you just because you're an immigrant. You have a right to be with your family if you choose to. And if you don't choose to, if you choose to run away, that's your right just as much, but the government cannot separate you from your family. That is, essentially, freedom of association. We understood this when it came to the baker. <laughs> Conservatives and libertarians both. We understood this when it came to the baker. Uh, conserv or, uh, excuse me, libertarians understood this when it came to uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, conservatives, it's, it's a little bit uh, dicey. But this is another form of freedom of association. That's something that we have to understand. If you are choosing to associate with your family, the government has no right to rip you apart. That is your liberty. The government also has no right to rip you apart if you are a U.S. citizen. And they're ripping you apart, not in the sense of putting you in, uh, putting, putting your family and kids in cages and separating you in, in uh, you know, these tent city uh, camps down at the border, but in the sense of, oh, you got, you got busted from, uh, from, from selling marijuana. We just had a great interview just a few weeks ago uh, with Weldon Angelos, who his, his story is just incredible. He was thrown into prison. He was sentenced for 55 years. That, and it was only, it was for nonviolent crime, he did nothing but sell marijuana because he was trying to make an earning for his family while he was getting his music career on foot. That is something that should not be punished. That is something that should not be uh, penalized and, and criminalized. The government separated him from his family. That is virtually the same thing that is happening on the border, but to U.S. citizens, just because the government doesn't like drugs. Just because the government has this weird infatuation, this weird idea that if you are selling drugs, then you are somehow worse than a murderer, and we are going to sentence you to a longer sentence than, than, a, than a combined sentence of a child rapist, a hijacker, and a terrorist put together. He had a longer sentence than all of those groups of people put together. You could be the most, that, that's essentially the most evil person on earth. And you would get a longer sentence for selling marijuana. That is absolutely absurd. And it is depriving you of your right to be with your family. This is why it is very dangerous. And I think conservatives and libertarians need to have this argument immediately on what it means to be 
for the rule of law. Because to a libertarian, both both sides will, will use this argument, the rule of law, the rule of law. They will hash it out. Both sides will, will say we have to be a nation where we, where we adhere to the rule of law and not the rule of man. That's the conservative argument, right? That no person is above the rule of law. That's great. I think that is is really great, and I think that there are libertarians who sympathize with that argument because there should be no person above uh, the rule of law. There should be no person who is who it applies to sometimes, and it applies to uh, not as much other times. That is equal justice under the law. That is something that we should be striving for. But here's the thing that that's where it stops essentially for conservatives. Libertarians take it a step further. The rule of law should be applied equally and should be applied under the more important rule of liberty. Because while the rule of law is important, if the rule of law is unjust and applied equally, there is no merit in applying an unjust law equally over applying liberty unequally. If liberty was applied unequally, then we would have at least momentum to apply it equally everywhere. That's that's the end game, is that we, have, we want to apply it equally everywhere. But if you are saying, we have to listen to the rule of law, and the rule of law says no liberty, it says no justice for anyone, and then you say that is a better argument than saying, well, if we just leave it the way it is and then try to change it by applying liberty to everyone. If you think just saying, no, we have to, we have to follow the book and throw the book at people because that's the rule of law, then you are a hopeless cause. Because that's not what conservatism was originally about. And that sure as hell isn't what libertarianism is about. There was a point in time where conservatism was the party of Ronald Reagan. There was a point in time where conservatism uh, was essentially the heart and soul of conservatism is libertarianism. That's what Reagan said, as I said earlier. There was a point in time when Reagan and Bush was battling out to, to see in a, in a debate on who, the first Bush, on who could be more compassionate toward immigrants. There was a point in time when the conservatives were the ones passing amnesty under Ronald Reagan. That should be what conservatism is about. Now, understand, I think Reagan had some problems. I I think he spent too much. I think he created this sense of, of this sort of doomsday ideology among conservatives that if we aren't spending all of our money on defense, then we're going to die tomorrow. Um, I think that his peace through strength has been greatly, greatly mischaracterized in today's modern conservative movement, even among the Trump types who have been a little bit more dovish than like Bush, but like not really. 
Um, he has been escalating the wars and and in Afghanistan and Iraq. Now, he has done pretty well in North Korea, and I, I have said that, you know, North Korea is probably going to be his greatest achievement if, if it all pans out uh, well. But when it comes to the treatment and, and, the, and the understanding that liberty takes the priority, that liberty is the rule of law, not whatever laws that are on the books, but liberty itself is the rule of law in this country. That is what conservatives need to understand. Now, listen, I'm, I'm speaking to you, to, to the libertarians in this audience, as a libertarian. This is a wildly important discussion that we need to start having. Why? Because, as I said earlier, liberty is the end goal. Libertarianism is not the end goal. The Libertarian Party is not the end goal. I'm not a I'm not an LP guy. I'm I, I don't I don't believe in party politics. I will vote for whoever is the best candidate, and that's it. I'm also not a guy who doesn't believe in voting because there are some libertarians like that. But <laughs> liberty is the end goal here. We have to get past our our ideas that we just have to make the whole world libertarian. No, that's not what we have to do. We can achieve liberty in our lifetime, not by pushing libertarianism, but by pushing for liberty by any means necessary. By working with conservatives, by working with liberals, by working with independents, by working with socialists, even people that we wildly agree, uh, disagree on literally everything except maybe one singular issue. We work with those people on, the, on that one singular issue, and that is how we advance liberty. I disagree with the socialists on virtually everything, but I guarantee you that I can work with a socialist on marijuana legalization. And if that's the only thing that we can agree on, then by golly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with Bernie Sanders to get that passed. That is the attitude that we must have as a libertarian movement because our movement is not about the advancement of the libertarian ideology that will come later that will come as people become more free and they see the results the the fruits of their of our labor if you will people will naturally become libertarian as they see the positives of liberty our goal is not to transform everyone into libertarians overnight and then magically think that, oh, now that everyone's a libertarian, now we can have liberty. That's not the way it's going to work. We have to work with people as they stand on issues that we already agree with them on. With socialists, it might just be marijuana or maybe some foreign policy issues. With conservatives, it's about limiting the size of government it's about federalism it's about um it's 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 about economics it's about getting the government out of the marketplace with liberals it's about uh drug and criminal justice reform um it's about some foreign policy things some surveillance issues uh marijuana just like just like uh, just like the socialists. Honestly, I think marijuana is probably going to be the one issue that will transcend all party lines um, and all ideological lines within the next 
year or so. Even, I think, even social conservatives understand liberty to a certain extent. Uh, maybe not to the extent that I wish that they would, but there are issues, for example, getting the government out of marriage. <laughs> that is something that has the the 2015 now it's it's i think uh what is it the three-year anniversary this week of the 2015 supreme court ruling on gay marriage they went from a constitutional amendment defining marriage as a man and a woman to let's get the government the hell out of marriage overnight and you know what that's fine if if that's what we got to work with then work with that this is wildly important for the advancement of the cause of liberty to work with people where they are on the issues that we can agree with. That is how we win. That's how they have been winning. They as in literally everyone but libertarians. <laughs> because everyone else, their common cause that they can rally behind is government. That is how we get these these horrible spending bills where, uh, you know, conservatives might want to restrict welfare, but they want to grow the size of the DOD, whereas it's the inverse of that. So instead of getting neither, we get both because they take the priority in what they want to grow, not that what they want to cut. We need to be taking the same approach, but the inverse of that. And conservatives are our best option. Conservatives are our best uh, audience. Because there is probably the widest um, majority of conservatives that understand liberty more than any of those other groups that I had mentioned. Conservatives in the broader sense. Maybe not like social or neocons, but just traditional conservatives, especially the ones who understand the Constitution. Those are the kind of people that we need to be courting and advancing liberty and partnering with so that we can see liberty in our lifetime. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I think that that is really important. There have been so many issues between, you know, there have been four different Supreme Court rulings, which may I say that the Supreme Court has been doing awesome this past week. Um, and hopefully it will be getting better if Trump picks another Gorsuch-type uh, Supreme Court justice. Um, fingers crossed, but I am also cautiously optimistic about that because those kind of things don't typically happen two times in a row. <laughs> um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have considered, I, I considered doing a show on that, but I think we'll have another episode on Supreme Court uh, type topics uh, later on in the year. Next week, what we're going to be doing is there will be two shows. I said there would be two shows this week, um, but my interview with Larry Sharp was pushed back and it's going to be in the middle of July now. Um, so we will still be like, we'll, we'll still be making up those, those two weeks where I, where I missed. Um, and next week will be one of those weeks where we have uh, two a week. Um, but it's obviously we're, we're not having two shows this week. 
so this is the only show that we're going to have this week. Next week is going to be our 4th of July special, our Independence Day special, where I talk about, um, you know, independence, founding fathers, all that, all that good jazz. And then uh, we'll have our regularly scheduled program on the following day, on Thursday, July the 5th. Um, and then we shall continue with all the interviews and the candidate series, and I have a few shows that I have planned uh, coming up that will be very good and very informative and very exciting. There is a very big announcement that we will be making by the end of the month in July, uh, before the end of the month in July. I'm not sure when it will happen, but it will be mid to late July. Um, that you will want to keep an eye out for. Just, uh, just, just look out for that because whenever it happens, then it's going to be game changing. I promise you that. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. The, we have you know big things coming, big things planned. Um, and that is our episode for this week. Please be sure to follow me on Twitter at Caleb Franz. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Mill Liberty. Um, and until next week, also be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode uh, or an update. And until next week, we will see you.